Hi there, and welcome to the Higher Development Podcast with your hosts, Colton Swab and Gavin Aberatney. On this show, we'll share behind-the-scenes insights and lessons from our journeys in personal development, philosophy, mindset, and leadership. The goal with all of this is to help you integrate these various bodies of knowledge and reach a higher level of development so that you can live fully and in harmony with the world around you. Beyond learning from us, you also get insider access to experts in the fields of neuroscience, high performance, and much, much more, making this a place to learn candidly what you won't anywhere else. You can get access to the free resources we mentioned at highdevelopmentpodcast.com. So with all that said, let's get into today's episode. Rock and roll. All right, guys. So Colton and I were just having an awesome chat about uh, something and I thought, you know what, we got to record this because everyone's yeah. going to love talking about this. And this is the realness, right? So if you've seen uh, our webinar or been to our workshop or on any of our kind of presentations, um, one of the things that we've found in the sort of personal development spirituality space is that a lot of people get more attached to their specific method um, of achieving, you know, personal development, higher development um, you know, heightened states of consciousness, transpersonal growth, um, than they do on what the actual outcome is. And it's basically come, become clear to us that there are a few ways that you can actually achieve um, what I suppose you could call a separation between your sense of self, your egoic sense of self, your narrative self, which is all of your conditioning, you know, who you think you are, who you think, what you think you should be doing and all these sorts of like early childhood patterns and beliefs and, you know, limiting or otherwise that mm. form up what you call, you know, you or me or I, um, and a more objective, more, um, holistic, more integrated sense of awareness, which is less rooted in your sense of self, less rooted in a need to survive and more rooted in a, uh, sort of, you know, transpersonal, you know, way of knowing that is more encompassing of multiple paradigms that may have nothing that, that may not be consistent with, you know, what your egoic self would call its worldview or its conditioning. Um, but your ability to see those things at the same time is really where, you know, true high development begins. And mm -hmm. so we were talking about, you know, the different ways that you can get there, because ultimately this just comes down to really getting out of your own head. You know, there's a lot of ways people talk about it, transcending thinking, hitting a flow state, becoming enlightened, you know, awakening, you know, truly high performance, holism, all these different ways of, um, you know, talking about it. Um, and Colton and I, you know, were just saying that actually one of the ways that we help people get there is actually through philosophy and really questioning not what it is you know, but how it is you know it. And this idea of not, not even looking at what people know, but understanding how they know, is or how you know is in my opinion one of the most practical and fast ways to really decouple your sense of egoic self from you know uh, a sense of awareness itself and become what many people would call wise mm. yeah i mean we were talking about it because there's fundamentally different paths for doing it we were talking about one of our clients and something that we could do to you know what would, what it look like for them in terms of customizing it for them and it is like customizing the curriculum towards someone's way of knowing we're talking about someone whose way of knowing is more action driven and then ours is almost more philosophy driven um, first and then action. For me, it actually reminds me of some of the yoga stuff. I don't know how much like people have listened to have studied a lot of like the traditional yoga with like the paths of yoga and all this. Um, but it's pretty interesting because like straight up these things actually have these different ways of knowing built into them. And it basically from the very beginning, it's like one of the few like theologies, if you want to call it that that considers there's different ways of getting there. It's not like do this exact thing at this exact time. It's all about this one path to ascension. 
or, you know, meeting the, you know, spiritual experience, or whatever that happens to be. So like in yoga, for instance, like bhakti is, um, you know, like a love yoga, right? Like yoga of the heart, um, jhana or jnana, I don't know how to pronounce it. I've only ever read it. <laughs> um, I think it's jhana is like the path of um, the mind, which is like the, the path of philosophy to enlightenment. You know, and they have all these things. There's also Tantra, if you've ever heard of that. So it's interesting that they're like literally. Tell me more about different. Tantra, Colton. <laughs> 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 Not this podcast. It's in the premium podcast. About... Yeah. Got it. Got it. We have one of those. Awesome. Yeah, it's on OnlyFans. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, it's pretty cool, right? Because people will often have their own path for it. Then they'll try to map that on others. So people who we had uh, one of our mentors, um, I think uh, Bob Hacker, he built uh, one laptop per child, was telling us that he started to understand different um, orientations to life through like mathematical theorems. He was like, we got, I got there through math. I began to under and accept other people through math and realizing that that was, you know, everybody was equal from a mathematical perspective. And I was like, that mm. is such a different way of getting there. But I was like, hey, That's man, you got there, point. you know, For forgot about that. Yeah. That was hilarious because basically during um, when Colt and I were hitting the business development side of our business really hard, we um, came across this guy, Bob Hacker, who's a mentor for like people who want to build billion dollar companies and, you know, become billionaire philanthropists and, you know, mm. all this kind of jazz. Amazing anyway, book. Was it like how to, what was it how to build a billion dollar company? Is that his book? I think that was what it was called. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. no, that's a title that, <laughs> yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I, I was, this was back uh, when Australia wasn't locked down for uh, travel and called and I went over to Florida and met him and it was yeah absolutely fascinating because I wasn't expecting to have a spiritual discussion but you know he was a I think maybe he was trained in philosophy I think he had studied philosophy and then become an investment bank we should probably have Bob on the podcast at some point true and um, yeah I started with philosophy was like deep into mathematics and technology and then as you say it came to um, understand that uh, you know I think it that, yeah, all people were equal and uh, you start talking about consciousness being an emergent property, just like by getting there through physics. And it's funny, you see this in the spiritual space. It's like some hardcore scientists from like CERN. I think it's uh, Bernardo Castro, for example, um, you know, got to, got to his spiritual enlightenment through what appeared to be like looking at the world in a mathematical and physics, you know, physicist kind of uh, viewpoint. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, they all, they all do it, right. They all basically bring you into, I mean, it sounds simplistic, but the present, you know, it's like reality as it is beyond perception, beyond perspective, beyond self, just kind of meeting beyond the ground illusion. as it's at. Yeah. Beyond yeah. emotion. I mean, it's just connecting. illusion, but yeah. Oh, beyond illusion. Yeah. Even better. Yeah. I mean, it is beyond illusion. It's just like, there's mm. this small, I think we were talking the other day and I was talking about like perception obscuring so much of reality. It's like people are looking at life as if it's like poking a hole through a sheet, you know, you have this like pinpoint of light. Um, so the paths are just different ways to help you align with what's, you know, what's real, what's happening, getting out of your own way and having these like objective ways of doing it are really helpful, especially if you have different strengths and different weaknesses and different modalities. And so the philosophy or the, you know, the yoga of the mind or whatever appeals a lot to me personally, because it does kind of feel like you can use your thinking to control slash like embrace reality, you know, knowing what to anticipate. Uh, that's like first principles, you know, and, and these kind of things that you can rely on to basically turn chaos into, into order. That way you get, you know, better outcomes. You can start to make what you want to happen. So I've always gravitated towards that, but there are people like friends, like the, the loving way to do it. or there's a path of like service as well, you know, just like karmic, exactly just focused on like a gigantic net positive karmic output of everything you do and having that be a path to 
you know, enlightenment basically. And that does seem to work. It does seem to move you beyond yourself when you shift your focus from self to other. And if you just stay there, it's like, that will probably bring you there as well. You know? So it's like, it's nice to have not just one way of doing things or even one way of knowing things, but having the same positive outcome for everybody who's taking it on. I mean, it seems essential, especially in these days where everybody's got a prescription and everybody's got a way of doing things. Um, there's still like no substitute for, you know, finding the right path for who you are. Yeah, well, absolutely. And so I think, you know, whilst we, I probably have a bias towards uh, philosophy, we're trying to, you know, increasingly uh, integrate more and more different ways of um, knowing and ways of like deconditioning and getting closer to truth. Um, and funnily mentioned yoga is like a, as a philosoph philosophical thing, because one of the things I find really helps me be less triggered, less, uh, you know, agitated is just daily yoga, even just like five to 10 minutes of sort of getting that tension out of, you know, the body um, will allow your mind or something in my mind to see things far more clearly. Um, and as you say, like, um, yeah, be less, be less triggered, be, you know, operate more from the heart, not just from the mind and just basically not being the straight state of, uh, you know, agitation, um, yeah. which ultimately colors everything you see, right? It's just like, the more yeah. you look at it, the more you realize that like you can show, the same group of people, a set of facts or the same group of people, a set of circumstances. Um, and a lot of the time, what you see isn't truth. It's your like perspective um, reflected back at you through your interpretation of, um, of the world around you, which is, you know, why we talk a lot about reality being perception and uh, mm -hmm. it certainly feels that way and functionally is that way for many people. Yeah, especially when you consider the negativity bias. I mean, we, we share a lot of this in Integral Influence, um, our first and basically flagship program. Uh, about how to like identify those things, you know, and what's what's going on there, what those perceptions uh, might be, different ways of getting around that. Because it's like you will basically prioritize things that will keep you alive, um, which is often a prioritization of threats and dangers and those things around you that are going to pose some sort of, you know, inconvenience. And you can develop mm -hmm. this sort of negativity bias to see the negative over the positive, even though objectively there may be far more positive. Um, people are just more likely to overlook it uh, just to basically get needs met, you know, and then of the positive, it's filtered by things like, do I deserve this? You know, am I capable of this? Did people that raised me, like, did my parents believe this? Would they embrace or accept this? It's like, is this normal for me? So there's a lot of uh, filters that get in the way of, you know, what's really happening, what options you actually have and, uh, you know, what you allow yourself to even engage with, let alone benefit from. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And then in many ways, that's the most pervasive um, one, right? This like tribalism uh, and this idea that consensus um, with your tribe will trump in many ways truth. Um, and one of the things we yeah, yeah. talk about and help people sort of reconcile is this notion that the people you spend time with, the tribe you're born into, the country you're born in, all of these cultural elements are going to define what you really believe is true. Um, mm. True for you, true for people around you, or even what, you, what you'll let yourself do. Um, because your, your desire to conform, um, be accepted by your, you know, your tribe is just so powerful that, um, yeah, it's going to like seriously affect what you do. I was watching this interesting documentary, uh, Steph had it on, um, Netflix about like the Swedish um, music producer boom and how like, there's all these incredible, mm -hmm. like Swedish, you know, writers who are obviously behind like Max Martin, for example, he's a yeah, Swedish right. producer who's behind like gazillion, like the Backstreet Boys and you had tons of Britney Spears and stuff. And I think Taylor Welch and. Um, they were talking about how Swedish culture was creating these like people who were just, you know, behind the scenes, but, you know, prolific. And there was apparently this um, element of Swedish culture called Yantalagen, which was like the law of Yanta, which was that 
Swedish people hate bragging. They hate like being in the limelight. They hate sort of talking about themselves. Mm. And um, it's, it's kind of a, you know, and so what it created then was these extraordinarily talented musicians who were like, I'm just going to do all the stuff behind the scenes and get really, really good at it for other people. And right. so there was none of this sort of egoic element of them ever wanting to be in front of the camera, right? Whereas conversely, you look at, um, you know, I love Kanye West is my favorite example because he produced so many uh, wonderful um, tracks for like, well, wonderful, whatever you want to call it, but he produced all the, a lot of hits for like Jay-Z and all these sort of guys. And he's always in the music, in the music videos in the background, just yeah, sort of like biding his time for when he's finally going to jump out from, you know, behind the scenes. And you get a lot of singer, singer songwriters who are doing that. Mm. Um, but this is a fascinating and inherent conflict between, um, yeah. you know, that, that desire to be in the front or behind. And uh, yeah, I mean, Swedes are just like, no, no, we're just staying behind, like just writing all these bangers. And then the artists were just like, yeah, this is amazing. These like extraordinarily talented musicians and creators who are just like, mm. you know, we get to work with them um, and just True. sort of, you know, get in the limelight. So it's a fascinating kind of thing to be aware of how these cultures affect things. Mm. Yeah. And like spiritually, what, or like not spiritually, but culturally, which one you fit in with the most, you know, it's like, I never necessarily subscribed too much to like um, American culture, uh, mostly felt like ostracized by like a lot of it or parts I didn't understand, like, you know, your value is your work, these kind of things. Um, the one that is the most ridiculous is the one that gets the most attention, which is the one that is most well known and therefore the most successful. It's like this sort of, you know, it's a very interesting, like cultural um paradigm to like operate within especially for people yeah who want to either be behind the scenes or in front of the scenes and what should you do but it does allow for like uh you know pretty good unions like those um the swedish producer guys like uh, super rich <laughs> doing this kind of thing oh yeah yeah, so yeah. it's like it maybe in many ways better um to do that depending on whatever their strengths are where that's coming from you know? yeah well this is it, it like it conversely funnily enough it had nothing to do with um money really i mean in many ways like a lot of the time people behind the scenes like people who own the record labels a lot of the time you know are, are wealthier than people who get deals from the record record labels like yeah. you know almost definitionally but there's just an element of like um fame in that uh you know and recognition in that component um which was i just thought really really fascinating and another thing that steph had on the other day this is where i get my wisdom from i was seeing was a, a documentary actually about uh, sherpas and uh, people going up everest um, and this was absolutely fascinating because obviously the Sherpas are, you know, they climb Mount Everest as well. And then you've got like this sort of massive Western tourism boom and people paying $100,000 to climb Mount Everest. Mm -hmm. And then eventually the Sherpas, because of Facebook, started to get like really agitated that they were, that everyone was taking huge amounts of credit for like climbing you know, this mountain, when right. in reality, the Sherpas were actually delivering, like moving the tents up for people and not only like helping them up the mountain, but delivering them like face, hot face towels and warm tea every morning to their tents. And then oh they were God. just sort of paying for, yeah. And, so, and it was, they, were, they were engaging a lot of, it's a fascinating documentary. I recommend anyone watches it. But now the younger generations of Sherpas were just like, this is ridiculous. Like, we don't want to be behind the scenes of these people who are just like, mm -hmm. you know, um, helping people climb the mountain and getting no credit for it. So it's a fascinating thing to sort of see how these cultural shifts will, um, you know, affect, yeah, what people feel is just and what people feel is right and um, these value systems. Mm, yeah, what's a good story to live into? I think it's just people trying to figure out what is normal, you know, what is acceptable, what is sexy, what is cool, what is successful, you know? It's like flying out there to climb the mountain. And then meanwhile, you have these like grizzled <laughs> Sherpas, you know, doing it on their own. Um, but like not thinking about it for those reasons. And it's really interesting. People would fly to their backyard basically to do this. Um, mm. You know, when there's less literal, maybe more metaphorical Everest's in their own lives, probably worth approaching, you mm. know? 
um, Sherpas probably have their own too. So it's like, it's a, it's an interesting thing, but if you want to basically control those outcomes, you know, or choose and control that story or write that story more consciously and not play into the ones, you know, that were written for you or that were being written reactively, uh, which I think is most people's stories is like, yeah, understanding those ways of knowing and, you know, literally those different paths for, for getting there. Um, which is a kind of a cool tie into the whole Everest thing, you know, and them taking the, yeah. the Sherpas, you know, basically carving it for them. Yeah. I mean, it was just staggering, you know, and the Simpsons, there's a funny Simpsons episode, obviously those com- comedy writers are some of the most insightful and well-educated people in the world. And they keep themselves sane, I think, by, uh, you mm-hmm. know, creating what is functionally satire for a lot of people and, uh, yeah. you know, geniuses to make something palatable to children as well as adults at the same time. But they had an old episode of the Simpsons where, you know, Tenzig, the Sherpa was basically like doing a cartwheel up Everest, you know, and it was like right. this uh, sort of uh, parody. But um, yeah, in all seriousness, there's a there's, there's a very you know sober element behind. It. I won't uh, hmm. don't need to get into it too much, but yeah, interesting to see how culture and how these sorts of things seem like reality, seem like fair, fairness or justice or truth or not truth, and uh, a lot of time it has little to do with money and more to do with um, other human needs. So um, maybe we'll leave it leave it there. Some things to muse on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just there's multiple paths and they're all, um, they all kind of work. Yeah, like humor as well would also be a bhakti thing. Just like last little anecdote there, it'd be like loving kindness is kind of like comedy in a lot of ways, turning light into out of those sort of things. So it's like, mm. just don't dismiss any path or any way of knowing because they all have a purpose. And if yours is very different than others around you, doesn't mean your path is not the right one. You know, as long as it fits you um, and there are lots of ways to do it. You get very heady with us in this podcast. You could approach things head on more actionably. You could do some sexual transmutation. You know, it's kind of a free for all, you know, how you get mm-hmm. there. So but do what you got to do. All right, folks. Well, it was awesome. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you in the next one. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Higher Development Podcast. If you want to access free resources and go deeper with us, head to highdevelopmentpodcast.com. As a special thanks for listening to each new episode, we continually update this site with podcast notes, exclusive discounts, free courses, you name it. And as an added bonus, this is where you can submit any questions you may have for myself, Gavin, or any of our featured guests. So what you learn doesn't have to end here. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and we look forward to seeing you in the next one.